everyone. This is Drew Code Sports Talk. Yes, that is my soothing voice on the on this mic. We finally got it to work. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. I am your host, Andrew Wright, and over in Clovis, California, in his living room, I think, uh, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Yes, that's right. We are live. That is Drew's soothing voice on his brand new mic we've been working on behind the scenes you guys have no idea how long we've been working on that thing anyways guys we have a great episode we're talking uh raiders head coaches on the hot seat uh postseason baseball and of course we're talking the lakers because again they don't look very good so anyways (laughs) (laughs) just preference that uh shout out to our uh partners real quick SeatGeek, fanatics.com fnx fit links in the description to find all their great products and use our promo codes and of course, as always, follow us on social media at Drew Code Sports Talk. So, with that being said, guys, let's get started. All right, everyone. Yes, we are back for another week of Drew Code. We were hoping to have a guest. Unfortunately, the guests were not able to uh, be here tonight. So. Hopefully, uh, next week we're going to be able to get them. We're working that out right now, but uh, really excited for that. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we were hoping to have uh, from the Backseat Podcast. So if they're not here this week, I think we're for sure going to have them next week. It just depends on if we're going to have both of them or just one. So we'll see. But uh, really, really excited for that. And I appreciate them for even trying to work with us. I know they were super busy today. So um, I appreciate them trying to work with us and trying to get on the show. But uh, I just ended up not working out for them. So uh, shout out to them real quick, of course. Um, And then, uh, Cody, before we get into everything, I did want to shout out Fanatics. Um, Guys, go check them out. Uh, Use our... Uh, link in our in the description, uh, either on the video or on the podcast, um, on all of our social media sites, anything like that. Go check them out. They're always having great deals. Um, it's, I mean, literally, the NFL uses Fanatics. So just might as well just use our link. Uh, that way you can help uh, support the show a little bit. We would appreciate that. But we appreciate Fanatics for taking us on. Uh, as a partner so thank you very much and just wanted to bring that up but uh before we get into the sports talk cody how you doing man man i'm doing pretty well um i was text well i was pulling you earlier this morning because i had to work uh, an overnight shift last night and i got some sleep today so it helped and uh i've been excited to get started on the show and i've been airing my grievances out to you about our lakers and then you told me about how softball went as usual and so Sounds like you guys are again on a winning streak. Yeah. Uh, how'd you do in that game? I did okay. Um, I played left center this time. Um, had a couple balls go my way, but, you know, bloop singles, uh, something like stuff in the gap. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do that. But um, I had <clears> – I don't remember what happened. I think on my first at-bat, I grounded out because I think it was the final out. And then my second at-bat – I hit a uh, screamer down the third base line, um, and so I'm rounding first, heading for second, because I know I'm easily on second, um, and all of a sudden, I feel this tweak in my hammy, and I was like, oh, no, 
Oh no. <laughs> so I get to second base and I was like, okay, well, maybe it just kind of like, you know, hit a, hit a nerve or something. And I still felt it kind of, I was getting ready to run and I can still kind of feel it tight. Uh, and then the person who was up behind me, they hit one pretty good. So mm -hmm. I made it home easily, uh, but I was kind of hobbling at the end, and I was like, oh, man. So I was trying to stretch it out, trying to stretch it out, trying to drink some water. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to really finish the game. Luckily, I didn't have to hit again because I'm not sure how I would have done on that. But, um, yeah, it was just it sucked. I was like, man, this sucks. I hate getting hurt. And, like, I was doing all my stretches, but I think the only thing was I didn't drink a ton of water. Mm -hmm. um and so unfortunately i'm still feeling it my wife's been uh helping me out trying to you know get it loosened up and whatever taking a tennis ball to it and just absolutely grinding on my leg <laughs> on my hamstring and i'm like oh god um and my son is sitting there laughing so um because you know, he likes pain apparently i don't know he just thinks it's funny he's like that kid from big daddy yeah i mean pretty much so um you know i'm just i'm so I was gonna go to the gym today, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just I'll just do my my workout. I won't I won't do any cardio, obviously." And my mm -hmm. wife's like, "No, no, that's no. You shouldn't. You should really relax. This is how you're going to continue to never get better." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> I guess that means no." <laughs> so anyway, so uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm uh, I'm down and out right now. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll recover. Just fine. You didn't let an ACL get you down. So anyways, another thing that I've been kind of uh, obsessed over recently, and I'm pretty sure maybe half of America has too. And I was trying to ask you about this, but you didn't have any clue. And it's about this guy in Wisconsin who's on trial right now and he's representing himself. And uh, every now and again, I'll, I'm trying to tell my wife what's happening and she kind of knows, but obviously he's not watching it as much as I am. And then when we'll be at like Target, we went to Target earlier today and I was just shouting out, objection speculative like half the time there just because i couldn't stop laughing when i heard him say this and that's like what he always objects to even though they're just standard questions and he's going against obviously legit attorneys trying to represent himself so it's just it's just been a it's a sight to behold i'll say and i cannot stop watching it like i think my tiktok for you page is forever messed up now because of him so yeah so anyways it's it's just been interesting but nevertheless though here we are back talking about sports drew yeah there we go all right well no time like the present cody let's get going all right so there's a lot that's going on in the nfl usually we start off by talking about the raiders and then if we have time we'll talk more about stuff but the raiders had a bye week this week um and then uh, actually i'm sorry last past week now they're playing the Texans, um, which is kind of a scary game, of course. But there was a big, big trade that happened yesterday. Christian McCaffrey was traded from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and now the Niners are absolutely stacked if they stay healthy. Uh, and I love the Twitter, uh, all the Twitter messages going you know, the Niners are really trying to get the best IR team they possibly can, <laughs> which is not completely far-fetched. So I will give you, I will, I will give them all that. But Cody, uh, this is a big trade. I mean, uh, I saw um, NBA 2K actually tweet out. They're like, you're like, how would you put this in basketball terms? And the first thing that came to my mind was like when, um, 
when Ben Simmons went to the Nets, but I was like, no, because I think Ben Simmons at that time, he had way too much turmoil. And then mm-hmm. what came to me next was when the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis. And I think that's it, because I think we always talk about it. If Anthony Davis stays healthy, you know, he they won a championship, okay? Right. Um, so the same thing goes with, in my opinion, Christian McCaffrey if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for the 49ers, this mm-hmm. is a strong team. And a lot of people are now considering the 49ers as the favorite to get to the Super Bowl for the NFC. So Cody, I'm going to ask you that are the 49ers now the favorites to win the NFC? I'm going to say, cause I, and I'm going to preface it too, by my preseason favorite for the NFC was the Eagles. I'm actually going to say that I think right now, yes, the Niners would be the NFC favorites. And the reason why is because when they're healthy on defense, they have a scary defense. Their secondary just creates a lot of problems, very similar to the Eagles defense. And then also too, they have Nick Bosa who rushes and they have a really good, obviously an all pro linebacker and Fred Warner, who's on the other who's on the middle of the field that's able to plug a hole or get to the quarterback. So they have a they have an outstanding defense. And not only that, but this 49ers team has been to the Super Bowl before, and they made a deep playoff run last season uh, in the NFC Championship. And of course, you know, blame it on Jimmy Garoppolo, why he didn't get them to the Super Bowl again. But now you add another dynamic piece, another um, weapon for him to use. And a hunger that they're all trying to prove something. Kyle Shanahan's trying to prove that he's not just a some flash in the pan coach. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is basically trying to audition for other teams next season to get him in a favorable starting job. And I think that this does kind of help propel them to be top in the NFC, just because they're they actually believe it or not, the NFC West is not that strong a division as it was last year. You have the Rams that don't even look like a playoff team. You have the Cardinals that are still trying to figure out who they are, even though they just won Thursday night football. Uh, then you have the Seattle Seahawks who are surprising everybody and, you know, putting on a nice little win streak. But I think we can all agree that that might not last. And the NFC in general is a weak conference. So the 49ers, if they don't get in by division, they're definitely getting in by wild card because what other team outside of, you know, the division winners are going to be better than the 49ers. So I, I will say that this, in my opinion, will put them as favorites um, I still think I like the Eagles team a little bit more just because I like their uh, I like their continuity a little bit more. But, I mean, f- no doubt 49ers are an even scarier team after yesterday. Yeah, for sure. This is this is a good team. I mean, this is a team that can move the ball whenever they want, whenever they need to. Um, you know, we're talking about George Kittle. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, you know, George Kittle's production has gone down because they've had to keep him to block. Because Trent Williams went down. Well, I this actually may open it up a little bit because mm-hmm. then you're going to have to worry about the run, and then that's where you start doing the whole uh, leaking the tight end out, you know, on a little uh, delay or whatever, um, and have a cheap pass that you know George Kittle can break, you know, five tackles if you need him to. Uh, Debo Samuel isn't going to have to be the running back as much. Uh, he can just be a plain old receiver. You know, Brandon Ayuk just mm-hmm. came off of a fantastic game. Um, he's still a danger. He's still a threat. He's still one of the guys that I, I think is going to be really good this year. Um, you know, and then you add Christian McCaffrey and then Elijah Mitchell, when he comes back now, now McCaffrey is not the, um, is not the, uh, 
you know, the mule here. He's not the guy who is constantly uh, being used and constantly like, hey, we need a we need you to save us here. Mm-hmm. The Niners are stacked and their defense is also very good. So this is a really scary team. I'm really worried. I got to be honest with you. I really like the Niners coming in even without Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I like them even more now. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think they are, in my opinion, I think they're the favorites because if I were to put the Eagles and the 49ers um, against each other, I'm going to pick the 49ers probably nine times out of ten just because that defense is ridiculous. And I think that offense can pick apart that Eagles defense. And I don't think – I think the Eagles are talented, but – Jalen Hurts still doesn't scare me uh, quarterback-wise. I think he scares me when he's running the football, but uh, you know he's still learning the game, and Jimmy G knows this offense inside and out, and I think he, he will be fine. So I, I, I would pick the 49ers in that. Yeah. All right, Cody. So kind of talking about Carolina already. They let go of Christian McCaffrey. They let go of Robbie Anderson for – uh, a tenth grader <laughs> right now. Uh, it was like a seventh round pick for like a twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six something. It was something like ridiculous like that. And um, <laughs> and I saw someone tweet. They're like, literally, Robbie Anderson was created for a tenth grader. And I, 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 I laughed at that. For I'm still laughing at that. Um, so there's other players that are being rumored in Carolina um, to be, you know, obviously be traded or you know. Uh, go to a better place. So, Cody, who do you believe um, is the next player out of Carolina? I think it's the obvious one would be DJ Moore. I think, obviously, he's an offensive weapon. Um, NFL is obviously an offensive-driven um, you know, league, clearly. I mean, yes, they want defense, but clearly offense is what gets you to win these games. And I think DJ Moore is the next on the list of players to get traded. Um, I, th- I think DJ Moore is probably going to end up in some sort of AFC team. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up like on the bills or something. I know the bills have like Gabe Davis, but you know, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he's in and out because of injury, Jameson Crowder. He's also out because of injury. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the bills make a play for him because getting a versatile, you know, weapon like that, who can potentially run the ball and take some carries away from Josh Allen, which I think is what the Bills should do. If I were them, I would not run Josh Allen 15 times a game. I think they're asking to get him hurt, and I fear that if he gets injured, Case Keenum is not getting this team to the playoffs, or even if they do get in the playoffs, he's not getting him anything past there uh, with this offense. His offense is definitely focused on Josh Allen, his running ability, and his arm but I would taper down the run actions for him and I would get a receiver that's willing to take some, some of those um, D- uh, Debo Samuel type plays, you know, where you can either use him as a running back uh, receiver, some, some sort of versatile weapon in that sense. So I, I think DJ Moore would be the next one to go. I think he would end up on the bills. I think the bills make the most sense. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, DJ Moore is not, not a bad um not a bad pick. I, I would say uh, Brian Burns, the defensive end that they have. Um, I think a lot of teams right now, listen, if you're a contender, you know what your weaknesses are and you know what your strengths are. And if you're a contender and you have a pass rusher, you need two now. 
Like that's mm-hmm. like a must in the NFL now. I mean, that's why the Raiders went after Chandler Jones, even though we had Max Crosby. We needed another guy. Um, and, you know, right now hasn't been fantastic, but it has been a little bit of a help. I feel like that's why Max Crosby has been uh, getting a little a little more uh, uh, looks at the quarterback. You know, the, the Niners, they have two guys. Uh, the Chargers, they have two. I mean, they went and got Khalil Mack, and they already had a Joey Bosa. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is why teams are going after – uh, pass rushers because you need at least two. I mean, the Rams went after Von Miller last year. That paid off phenomenally. Um, mm-hmm. So this is why I believe that Brian Burns is a guy. He's a guy who's a pretty good all-around defensive end. So he's not going to be the the best pass rusher, but he can also stop the run. Um, and he can get to the quarterback. It's not like he's never getting to the quarterback. I'm just saying, you know, he, he is a versatile player. He is a guy that you could use. Um, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams went after him because I feel like uh, without, I mean, without Aaron Donald, I'm not really scared of that defensive line anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think Brian Burns, you add a guy like that, that could really help them. Um, and then you can really move around Aaron Donald a little bit more how they like to uh, and then go from there. So for me, I think Brian Burns um, really helps out. Yes, DJ Moore. Of course, you know, he's going to be a guy who's also going to go. I'm not saying he's not. Mm-hmm. I just think the next guy is is going to be Brian Burns because I don't think he's actually going to be as of a steep trade as mm-hmm. like DJ Moore would. So that, that's just kind of what my thought is. So. Yeah, I mean, um, Burns, though, is only a fourth-year player, and I think mm-hmm. he's still on a rookie contract. He could potentially extend. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if the Panthers didn't move off from him just because He's a young defensive piece, and I mean, you you mean a couple of draft picks, and you might have a solid team with a good uh, with you know a respectable head coach. So I'm not sure, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he goes for a higher quality asset. I mean, any team is willing to pay whatever they want to get the player that they feel like is going to make their team better. Um, you know, and who knows? Maybe they can finesse a second round pick out of him. I mean, he's a young, young up and coming linebacker, mm-hmm. or excuse me, defensive end that. Uh, that could change the dynamic of a defense. So, and, and clearly like what the, like what you mentioned with the Rams, I don't know how many draft picks they have left. Cause it kind of got rid of a lot of them, but uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some team that's trying to make a last minute push does secure something, maybe the giants or Cowboys. I know that they're trying to fortify their defenses too. Um, so I did want to pose this question, Cody, um, before we get into the head coaching uh, question. I want to talk a little bit about Raiders, and I'm not talking about the upcoming game. The Raiders do need something to add to their team. Obviously, the one and four start isn't fantastic. Uh, we feel we actually, for being one and four, I feel like Raider fans feel okay about being one and four uh, for the most part because we look at the team and go, "Okay, this team is good." Like mm-hmm. we were literally five four possessions away from being, you know, five and zero, oh. So I don't think we're panicked yet. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it'll come soon. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but the Raiders need to go after someone. We're talking about the trade deadline. So who do you think the Raiders should go after uh, before the trade deadline? 
So I'm going to give you two. And I think the one that uh, one of them I'm going to tell you is probably we have the same one. I'm going to say it's Wokon, uh, Rokon Smith with um, Chicago. I know that uh, I think you tweeted out that you feel like we should go after him. And again, because of uh, Patrick Graham being the former defensive coordinator for Chicago Bears, it makes a lot of sense. It would definitely help the uh, our defense. I know that that's not our primary need. We definitely need more depth at the secondary position at cornerback. But I feel like with um, Diablo Divine, I think, or Divine Diablo, excuse me, I believe that we need to get a solid, like, alpha type of linebacker that's going to c- command the defense. And I think that's Wokon Smith. We need to put him in there. And I think he's going to change the dynamic of our defense, especially the run, the run stopping. He's a really good run stopper. I'm going to, I'm going to just say, I know he's not the greatest pass defender, but he will be able to get to the blitzing holes. He's going to be able to create that pressure uh, up the middle, which is what we don't really have. And Chandler Jones hasn't really been that guy for us. That's, you know, on the opposite side of Max Crosby that we're hoping. So I feel like if we get Smith and we get somebody that can penetrate the middle and kind of collapse you know, the line a little bit and move that line of scrimmage back towards the quarterback rather than it just kind of separating, which is basically what it's been. You know, I would much rather have that because I think if we can eliminate the time that quarterbacks have in the pocket, it'll give our cornerbacks an opportunity to stay on their defenders. And what happens is when we don't have a pass rush that stays to the quarterback for longer than five seconds, all defense breaks down. The, the wide receivers get open, you know, quarterback gets out of the pocket, creates a play. I mean, that's exactly how Patrick Mahomes beat us. That's how Kyler Murray beat us. We've lost a majority of our games because of that. So I, I, I definitely feel like that we need to fortify our defense in that front. Second player that I would think I would actually wouldn't be upset with that the Raiders win after is actually DJ Moore because of how versatile he is. I would like to have him on the team. Hunter Winfro just for some reason hasn't been that receiver. I'd like to have another receiver that is opposite of uh, of Devontae Adams or somebody that could be very versatile, whether that's you know creating a couple more running opportunities to give Josh Jacobs relief. Uh, you know, again, somebody that can run in the slot in case Warner Renfro isn't isn't available. Mac Hollins is a is a solid second uh, receiver. But I really feel like that DJ Moore could create that that uh, separation in the middle and open up the offense a little bit. So I would actually, I would be happy if the Raiders went after a player like DJ Moore um, for the offense as well. If it's not a defensive adjustment or in that respect, I would be okay with like maybe going after a DJ Moore as well. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't hate the DJ Moore one. I didn't really think about that. Just because we have to trade a lot, and I think our offense, I mean, as you said, Hollins, I, I mean, he's okay at, at two. I think he's a better four uh, mm-hmm. receiver. I mean, I don't think he can, he's a really good slot guy, and he's not really a guy who can create a ton of separation. But he is a big receiver, and he's had some big plays. So, you know, I don't want to talk smack. Excuse me, I don't want to talk smack about him. Um, because he's been he's been actually a lot better than I think a lot of us thought. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I I wrote four names down. Okay, so I'm gonna go through them really quickly. I have I have excuses for all of them, so no worries. You said one of them, Roquan Smith. Listen, this kid is young. 
He's on his last year of his rookie contract. I know a lot of people are like, well, he's looking for $20 million. Okay, well, that doesn't mean that we have to trade for him and re-sign him. We mm-hmm. can trade for him and use him for this year, and then we'll see where we're at from, from then. Um, but I think it would be worth uh, you know, a second-round pick or a third-round pick for him um, and maybe you know a player or whatever um, because I think Roquan Smith, exactly what you said, he may not be the best pass defender, but he is a guy who's going to put his guys in the right situation. He is a guy who is going to say, hey, you go here, and that's exactly where they should go. He is a smart football player. He is a guy who is not afraid to make a tackle. You get guys from the Chicago Bears defense, for some reason, when you're in Chicago, you know how to play defense. And listen, this kid knows how to play defense, okay? This guy is ridiculous. I love watching him play every single time. Um, I have a friend who is a Bears fan, and he goes, man, why does he want to leave Chicago? He's he's like the epitome of Chicago Bears defense. And I'm like, dude, I know, man, but you got to win. <laughs> Sometimes you just you get guys who want to win. Um, so I'm with you. Roquan Smith is, is probably one of my favorite guys I would go after. Again, it's not a need. It's not some, It's not a position that we're dying for. But I feel like we need some good leadership, and Roquan Smith is a great leader. Um, then I have Kareem Jackson on him. I think the Broncos are going to be sellers. And Kareem Jackson, although he is a he is a safety, okay, and we don't necessarily need safety help. I think there's a lot of talk that we, you know, we might trade Jonathan Abram. And if you could get a Kareem Jackson, even if again, even if it's just for this year, he is a veteran guy. He is a guy who's who knows the AFC West first of all. Secondly, he is a guy who is a beast at coverage and at tackling and at runs. He is a complete safety. This guy doesn't get talked about a lot, and he should because he is one of my favorite players on defense is when the Raiders have to play certain teams. We play the Broncos. I always want to know where 22 is, which is Kareem Jackson. So I think that would be another veteran guy who would put his guys in the right situation. Another guy, actually, this guy is from uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Matthew Ionidis. I don't know how to say his last name. (laughs) I'm not even going to really try any further than that. But this guy is a defensive tackle. We need help up the middle. And this mm-hmm. guy would really help. Um, he's a solid player. I don't think he's like fantastic or this, you know, great defensive tackle. But he would help fill a need, and I think that would be something that we could really use. And I think we could get him on the cheap, to be perfectly honest, because the Panthers are just trying to get rid of everyone they have right now, and uh, we would gladly take him because that is a need. I think if you got him, you could go after another guy. Uh, you could go after an offensive guy or a Kareem Jackson or Roquan Smith, and I think you would be able to do both deals easily um another guy i did want to bring up one guy that i've been trying to push for for a while is obj the reason i say obj is him and Devonte adams were flirting with each other last year in when Devonte was in green bay listen i know oh it's green bay it's aaron Rodgers. that's why you wanted to go there and then he wanted to play okay well you don't think Devonte is really going to back his guy up and be like hey you know what Derek? he's pretty darn good too why do you think i came here yeah the money does help of course but listen this kid 
is the real deal. He's going to get you the ball. And, and I think what OBJ learned is he just is going to be himself. He And he learned that from being in um, – sorry, my beeper's going off. He learned that in L.A. when he was with the Rams. Uh, all of a sudden, he just learned how to get open. And listen, as much as everyone wants to talk smack about Josh McDaniels and he's not been the greatest and whatever, I agree with you. But he is an offensive-minded guy, and he has proven. Matt Collins is, is kind of thriving right now mm-hmm. in our offense. And – if you're saying that, and then we're saying that Hunter Renfro is kind of struggling, Darren Waller, okay, these guys are kind of going through injuries uh, as well. So let's you know let's pump the brakes on saying that they're trash. But at the same time, if we do need a little bit of help, I think OBJ, he's a veteran guy. Now he knows what he wants. He's mm-hmm. not going to be a nuisance in the locker room because he knows that's not going to work. And he wants to play with Devonte Adams, and Devonte Adams wants to play with him. So why not come to the Raiders and you could get him on the cheap and you sweep him up from going to Kansas City, who everyone thinks there is uh, where OBJ is going to go. So I just think it would be a smart move. I know it's probably not going to happen because, again, it's not a need for the Raiders. But um, those were those are like four guys I would really seriously target. And I love your DJ more. He would be probably a number. He'd, he'd probably be uh, number five on that, on that list. All right, guys. So uh, let's take a break, Cody. And when we come back, um, <clears throat> we'll talk about the MLB postseason and we'll have a little NBA talk. So hey, stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Oh, sorry. I'm uh, I'm still thinking that I'm uh, I'm in my uh, you know, Hornets uh, announcing voice. <laughs> I, yeah, that was actually a really it. good homecoming game. And you're right, you do have a unique announcer voice. So I I miss it. I miss doing it. Honestly, uh, you know, Clark was telling us that he was he was at a game, and I was like on a Friday night, and I was like maybe it's a high school game, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh man, I wish I was. I wish I were going. And I know this uh, this week is a tough game because they're going against Roosevelt High School. Oh, yeah. who their head coach is Dwayne Wright. And I don't remember, I don't know if you remember Dwayne Wright. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, he was a running back for Fresno State. Oh, um, that's right. I want to say it was the year, it was It was with David Carr. But I, or, and I'm sorry, I think it was, I think it was David Carr slash Paul Pinnegar, mm. uh, the quarterback, those quarterback years. And uh, he was a, he was a beast. And he's gotten that Roosevelt team, he's got them going pretty well and so i was like man i really want to watch that i want to really want to watch that game try and meet them maybe uh-huh. and uh they're in roosevelt and uh you know we're we're gonna record and i was like eh, probably not I can't do that right now <laughs> is there any updates anyway. on uh hornets basketball uh no not yet not yet okay um i gotta i gotta do some paperwork anyway so um, <laughs> you know i probably won't know that until later but anyway so, Cody, let's talk about the MLB postseason. I was kind of hoping to have uh, Clark and Ethan on here for this topic, but that's all right. Um, you know, hopefully we have a little bit more to talk about uh, when we have them on next week. Padres and Phillies. This is a interesting, interesting series. Um, I Listen, the Phillies went up 2-1 today. They went up 2-1 in the series, so, um, you know, they look 
like a I don't want to say it, but they kind of look like a veteran team, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're not really a veteran team. Like they don't really have too many guys who've been there, done that. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is, is kind of a guy who's who's done that. Um, you know, Bryce Harper's been in the postseason, uh, so he kind of knows what to expect. So he's somewhat of a veteran. But a lot of these other guys, they they really haven't seen uh, anything like this. And with the Padres, we felt like this team was absolutely stacked, and they just seemed to really have trouble scoring runs. Game two, they did; they had no trouble scoring runs. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, game one, game three, they're really hurting. They're getting guys on base, but then they're hitting into double plays. Um, you know, and the Phillies aren't that great of a of a defensive team. So it's 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 been a weird series. Um, you know, I was talking with my friend. I was telling him i said uh you know the the i think the padres have a better pitching rotation i think they have a better bullpen but i would say a lineup a scarier lineup i would probably go with the phillies just because you have bryce harper you have nick Mm -hmm. castellanos you have jt real muto you have kyle schwarber now none of these guys are scary when it comes to just getting an everyday hit but these guys can go yard at any point in time. G, G, excuse me, JT Realmuto, um, he's a guy who is a he's a average hitter, but he also is a guy who can hit for power as well. So he's one of those uh, few guys. And Bryce Harper, so far this postseason, has been hitting for average and also for power. So mm-hmm. um, Harper has been a stud. Um, and then this this. Uh, the rest of us line up for the Phillies. I mean, Alec Baum, he's been hitting well. Gene Segura has kind of stepped up, which is kind of shocking. <laughs> I thought he was pretty much almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, so some really talented players for the Phillies. This is this is a really good team. They're coming in, honestly, in my opinion, as one of the hottest teams. Yeah. But it was hard for me to say I'm going to pick the Phillies just because the Padres just beat arguably the best team in baseball mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I feel like it was a big-time emotional win. So when you talk about that, that can take a lot out of you when you go into another series. We saw that with the Dodgers last year when the Giants and Dodgers faced off in the in the postseason. The Dodgers ended up winning, but they had a cost. I mean, they were they were gassed. A lot of their bullpen was was done. Their starting rotation was pretty much done, um, and um, they ended up. You know, their bats kind of got really stale because they had put so much into uh, trying to win the series against the rival Giants, where they just were kind of gassed. And I kind of feel the same way about the Padres. I saw the win with the Padres, and I was like, man, that team, I mean, they did really well. They deserved that win. Mm-hmm. But then I was kind of thinking about it and looking at how the Phillies just basically stomped on the Cardinals, and it was kind of like, this might not be the Padres' year, unfortunately. It should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Dodgers series really took out of it. So I'm actually going to sit here and say I believe the Phillies are going to win this series just because I think they're the hottest team right now, and I think the Padres, it took a lot out of them to beat the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. With the Phillies, I think, obviously, they're, they've are they found a, 
a hit streak in them. And I, I think a lot of it is contributing to, to not only did they have a really productive series against the Cardinals, of course, they also knocked off the defending world series champions and the Braves. So that, you know, just catapulted their momentum even more, um, you know, and another thing too, is like the Padres, Joe Musgrove, he needed to hold, hold, you know, some runners unfortunately gave up four in this game and and uh the it didn't even blow up into a big lead but you can just tell in the phillies game they just they had the momentum going for them and kyle schwarber he is hitting 400 harper is hitting over 330 right now um you look over at the padres juan soto's barely hitting 180 um machado's at 230 um their players that they traded for that they're really banking on really driving the ball or not connecting to it, which is the unfortunate part. And I think too, this goes to your credit a little bit and not to, not to at all take away what the Padres have done, considering like they traded away a good portion of their team. They got a really good player. They kind of lost their way with the whole Tatis uh, distraction. They rallied around that, made the playoffs. They beat the Dodgers to get to where they're at. So all the credit to them. And I do think that you know, this is just kind of disappointing. You can tell they could use someone's energy like a Tatis here to kind of rally them, to kind of get them to find some life just because, you know, when they're down, you need, you know, you need somebody that's going to keep it fun. That's going to, you know, keep your energy up. And it just seems like that they are already down on themselves and, you know, they're in a slump in the worst time, but you know, they go home tomorrow. And so we'll see if they'll do it. I'm going to just hold out on faith in the Padres just because, I think that they have the better players. They just, it just takes a couple of swings, maybe just a little bit of contact to switch it around. And I think that their starting pitching is better than the Phillies. I don't anticipate the Phillies pitching to keep shutting down the Padres offense. Like it is. I do think that they'll find some sort of magic. They are in a tough battle right now. They're down, they're down a game. They've got to, you know, win a couple of more. And I believe they got to go back on the road and win one to even win the series if they want. So it's going to be a tough one for them. I'm going to hold out on hope because I predicted that they'd be in the World Series anyways when we did our um, predictions last week. So I'm going to hold out on it. But, you know, just the unfortunate thing is they have all these players here that contributed and they just need some sort of spark. It just takes one one rally, one one hit, something to just kind of get everyone moving. And I think the Phillies, though, they're just running on a high right now, which it's just it's hard to cool them down. I mean, they're probably the hottest team in the last month, which is dangerous when you're heading, when your team heading in the postseason. Yeah. I listen, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from the Padres because as a Giants fan, we appreciate you kicking the Dodgers out <laughs> and having all the Los Angeles Dodgers slander. I, I'm all here for it. Uh, uh-huh. I'm here for it. We love it. Um, but uh, as a Giants fan, I have to root against the Padres as well. So, uh, <laughs> but it's not personal um, listen I, I i agree with you i think overall the better players are in san diego um but i think right now they're really benefiting from uh their two ace pictures and they had another uh nice outing from ranger suarez who has come out of nowhere and has been phenomenal um and then um you know uh zach wheeler had a really good uh, really good start. I th- even Nola, Aaron Nola was, <laughs> he had a really good start. Just unfortunately they ended up losing that game. So I don't know. I, I, I just think that they're really benefiting right now from really good pitching, 
but I, I if I were to pick, you know, who has the better pictures, I I mean San Diego, no question. But right mm-hmm. now they're not really stepping up, which is unfortunate. Um, and this is what's so dangerous about that Phillies team is, you know, when your pictures aren't on it like they normally are, they have an off day, uh, these this Phillies team will make you pay for it. And so far they have, and that's why they're up two one. So all right, Cody. The other uh, CS championship series is the in the American League between the Astros and the Yankees, which is basically the most hated baseball teams in America, <laughs> are going against each other. Um, I would, you know, as again as a Giants fan, I would put the Dodgers up there, but there's too many Dodger fans who love the Dodgers, so it's yeah. it's unrealistic, unfortunately. Darn. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's so dumb. Anyway, um, so the Yankees have really struggled so far. I have this fly who is bugging me right now. (laughs) Um, uh, So the Astros are dominating, and the Yankees, I mean, absolutely struggling. I mean, the Yankees, uh, they're just getting beat up left and right. Um, You know, uh, there was a collision uh, with Aaron Hicks, who ended up going out of, I think it was game one. Uh, it might have been game two. I, I can't re- quite remember, but um, it's just unfortunate, man. Like I, I saw, I saw something. I was reading a story on one of the Yankees writers was kind of talking about like Aaron Judge might be gone. Like he might mm-hmm. be gone uh, after this year, especially if they lose the series. And I was like, that's kind of definitive. I mean, come on. And yeah. as I was reading, they're showing, like, here's the post game on uh, Alex Bregman hitting a home run, and a lot of people didn't think it was going to go out, and all of a sudden it went out. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the manager's saying, well, it was, it was uh, you know, uh, because the roof was open in Houston. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, whatever, man. And then a couple of, like, the pictures are, like, saying, oh, well, you know, he knows he didn't hit it right and blah, blah, blah. And I guess Aaron Judge hit kind of this, kind of a similar pitch mm-hmm. and he went the opposite way and, or, you know, just missed it or whatever. And so they asked him about it after the game and he was like, Oh, I, I just missed it. You know, I just hit it in the wrong part of the park and, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to, uh, to get it over the fence. And it's just like the, it, the answers are a hundred percent night and day. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. That this guy who has all this pressure on him, and then they're asking him these stupid questions like, well, how come you couldn't hit it out? And he's like, I just didn't hit it there. I hit it in the wrong spot, I guess. Like, they're questioning his power and to hit a home run. I mean, like, he only well, crushed 62 yeah. this year. Yeah, exactly. And then the you know the manager is, which I think is a dumb response by a manager. He's like, well, it's because the roof, it's open. Give me a break, guys. Come on. And if I'm if I'm Aaron Judge, it's like this is why we can't get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we we buy all these players and and we get to the postseason, but what do we do in the postseason? We continue to lose. And so if I'm Aaron Judge, I mean, I honestly thought by him getting to the ALCS with the Yankees, I was like, I don't think he's gonna leave the Yankees. I mean, you you can arguably say that, hey, listen. Um, I can I can get to uh, the World Series. We just need a little bit more time, or we just need that one player to to come to the Yankees. But after hearing all that, it was kind of like, 
I mean, especially if they get swept by the Astros, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I mean, yes, they're in the ALCS, but it's kind of almost like they're nowhere close to getting to the World Series, in my opinion. And if I'm if I'm Aaron Judge, I really have to think about that this offseason. So um, and you you, you got to think, too. Sorry not to cut you off, no, but you got to think, good. too, if Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees, the Yankees probably regress to a non playoff team. Yeah. You know, he's a huge reason why that offense runs the way it does. And it's <laughs> his bad and his bad alone of where they get their offense. And, yeah, they have some good pitching, but I mean, he, he has a, some some power behind him. He changes a lot of lineups when he's in them. And if the link, if the Yankees lose him, I mean, uh, Stanton is not even as valuable as judges. And yet they're somewhat of similar in power, but just Aaron judge this year just had an, an MVP type season where not only was he connecting 62 home runs, but he was batting over 300 and he drove in hundred plus runs or whatever the, the number was. I just think that this Astros team is just, they're just on another level. Dustin Baker has got these guys always playing hard, always playing competitive. This is the sixth consecutive year that they've made it to the the conference league championship. So it's not a fluke guys like this Astros team. Had it not been for the scandal of sign stealing, this could arguably be like one of the, the best like ran organizations in baseball, just because they're constantly winning uh, former World Series champions, and they always seem to be in the hunt for it, even though in the regular season they kind of grind it out in like the first month or two. And then after that, they pull it away. And their pitching isn't what stands out of the page outside of Justin Verlander. And, you know, their hitting is is functional, I'll say. It's it's not something that's going to blow your socks off. But in, when it gets hot, it gets hot at the right time when it's about – September, October timeframe. And right now they're, they look like the best team in all of baseball. I, in my opinion, if they met with the Dodgers in the world series, they probably would have handed the Dodgers their backside. That's how, that's how well this team has been playing. In my opinion. I mean, they, they just seem to be firing on all cylinders, but I think the Yankees, I think they're done with the season too. Like I think they got lucky in beating um, the guardians. I mean, they did have to come back from, uh, you know, being down a game. And so they had to win two consecutive games in a, in a five game series. But I, I was saying that they looked flat playing the guardians and then they almost fell asleep on the guardians to lose yeah. that series. So they were lucky just to even get out of there. And it didn't take much. It just took one. It took one game from Aaron judge to kind of look like Aaron judge. And then a subpar hitting game from him again, the following day. And that's how they got over the guardians. And it wasn't anything more than that. I mean, a couple of, couple of uh homers here and there but even still like they didn't have the momentum they didn't have the drive and it doesn't look like they have it again in this series yeah for sure uh i i agree with you um cody i did want to touch on this real quick um all of our exes live in texas and i know you're like what in god's name why are you saying that well there was a story out today where uh, Bruce Bochy mm-hmm. signed with the Texas Rangers. Um, and so the last, uh, well, the f- few of our uh, former managers, Dusty Baker mm-hmm. is in Houston. And now uh, uh, Bruce Bochy is uh, on the Texas Rangers, which I think is in Austin. I think that's where they play. I, think you, I thought it was in Arlington. It's in Arlington. You are correct. My bad. Um, so all of our exes live in Texas. Uh, no, I, I was seeing, uh, first of all, I want to 
I want to give a shout out to Giants Twitter because when anything happens, I have to go on Twitter because mo- some of the most funniest stuff I ever see is on Twitter. Yeah. And um, so I was I was watching that or I was looking at it and a lot of people, a lot of Giants fans are saying, hey, looks great. Glad uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, Brandon Belt is probably going to go with him, which I, I would probably say is probably a, a good bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. A lot of people are that I did see a few like, oh, man, now like we're going to now we're going to see what we missed out by letting him go. Listen, he wanted to retire. He was out of baseball for three years. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not like he just left last year and decided to come back. It's not like we just lost him. Right. What happened is he retired, probably got the itch, uh, probably had nothing else going on, wanted to do it. So the only other thing, though, is a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, he's going to he's going to be like the the guy in Texas. This is my issue with Bruce Bochy right now. Bruce Bochy is an old school manager. Okay. So he is a guy who, um, you know, doesn't really focus on the analytics. He'll use it to his advantage, Mm -hmm. but he is going to be a guy who isn't going to be beholden to it. Now, the guy that we have right now, Gabe Kapler, he is a big analytics guy. And let's be honest, the team that we had last year should not have had 107 wins. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't have. And we did. Okay, Bruce Bochy could never get us to 107, all right? Now, I'm not saying that's the end-all, be-all, but what I am saying is Bruce Bochy had a interview not too long ago where they asked him about analytics, and he said, I don't really use it. I'll, I'll use it sometimes in certain situations when I'm not quite sure what to do, and it'll kind of, like, push me over the edge on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm kind of, you know, just going off of what's happening during the season. What is baseball doing right now? Baseball is analytics galore, okay? I mean, Houston Astros are one of the best teams to be doing the analytics, the money ball, as a lot of people call it. The A's have done it for years because they have no money. So they just end up having to use these tricks. And, again, like I said, the Houston Astros basically perfected it, also cheated. But... (laughs) That's beside the point. I mean, they're they're really good at it, and right mm-hmm. now we're seeing what happened. The Giants have to kind of do it. As much as they get more money than the A's, there's no question. But at the same time, we're not this, you know, huge, rich franchise like, you know, the Yankees or the Dodgers. We are a team that I would say is probably middle of the road when it comes to money. And when you talk about that, you kind of have to use these tricks. Gabe Kapler is a guy who will use these tricks. Mm-hmm. Bruce Bochy is not. And here's the other thing. The Rangers, they haven't been viable for a long time. They went and spent out a ton of money on Corey Seager when they already had market, or and then they signed Marcus Simeon, who is, was a shortstop for most of his career. Then all of a sudden they're saying, oh, we're going to move you to second base. So this is what, and I, and I hate to say this because I love Bruce Bochy. I'm not saying he's a bad manager. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible. But Giants fans, hear me out here. Bruce Bochy, this is what bad organizations do. They they go, okay, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to get better. We're trying to get better. Let's get a guy who has a name, who's won championships. Okay, yes, that's going – he's going to help. He's going to help develop a little bit. I think he can help uh, develop players, and I think that's one of his strengths. But at the same time, 
He is a guy who is not going to listen to the analytics. He is not going to go where baseball is going. And I think that will be a little, um, it's going to be a leash on this team. You know, they're going to be able to go pretty like to a certain point, but they're not going to be able to go over that edge because that leash is going to yank back on them. So for mm-hmm. me, it's great to see him in baseball, but I don't think it's as scary as what a lot of people are saying on, you know, the Twitterverse or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because um, this is a guy that is not moving with baseball. He's kind of going against the grain. And Hey, maybe I'm completely wrong and it'll work out fine, but I really don't believe it will because like I said, the Giants team that we had last year that won 107 wins, and by all means, I was telling my wife this the other day, we we were a 500 team. We won 81 games this year. Like, mm-hmm. if you looked at our roster, you probably would have been like, maybe not 81 games, maybe less. But because of what they did last year, maybe they'll win more. It, it, I don't know. That's all. That's all I'm saying is let's pump the brakes on it. I think you actually mm-hmm. will be a little bit more surprised at at uh, how this won't work versus how yeah. it would work. I think another just to quickly put a pin in this because I I have we have a follow up question not related to baseball but a topic we didn't get to but um, you know a lot of what people don't understand too is the roster that we had with Bruce Bochy was a lot stronger and it had more depth. And that was including in the championship runs. We had a top five starting rotation. And then we had young Brandon Crawford, young Brandon belt. We had a lot of young pieces and um, Buster Posey during that time uh, when Bochy was with us. And that led to a lot of success. Now in the latter years, obviously not so much, but you know, injuries, COVID season, fill in the blank. There's just a lot of things that ended up happening that just, you know, it just was time to move on. He did deliver three championships that I don't think that is something to not remember and always just, you know, hold on to. But at the respect too, there was quite a bit of seasons where the, you know, the Giants fell. Flat. But again, I will say comparison to what the Texas, the Rangers have now is their roster is not nearly as talented as what he had in San Francisco for majority of the year. So you may see some more, you may see some better playing baseball, but that doesn't translate in of turning around a franchise quite yet, you know, and if he's not going to yep. do the analytics, totally fine. But, you know, let's not, uh, let's not act like that. He's uh, betraying anybody. And as, just as you mentioned, he's, you're going to find out who Bruce Bochy really is. I mean, he's a serviceable manager and that's pretty much what Texas is getting. So. Yeah. And, and pitching was a great, was a great thing in those championship wins too. I mean, Madison Bumgarner, I mean, you don't really need to say much about about him. I and mean, we all know what he did was incredible. Uh, Tim Lincecum, I mean, he was a two-time Cy Young winner. Um, you know, Matt Cain. Um, Matt Cain. Uh, there was Barry Zito at one point. There was Ryan Vogelsong. I mean, there there was some really, I mean, Jonathan Sanchez. I mean, there's some really talented pictures that the Giants had over those years. That's um, mm-hmm. not something to kind of, you know, I mean, the let's be honest, the Rangers don't have that. And I'm not right. sure they can get that uh, when, uh, you know, when Bruce Bochy's contract is almost up. So um, yeah. that's something that I, I just wanted to touch on. I, I, I'm happy for the guy. I'm glad that he's back in baseball, but I don't think it's going to be as scary as what Giants fans are thinking. I, I think uh, it actually may you may look back on it and be like, well, I'm glad we made the move when we did. 
So yeah, for sure. All right. All right so I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot back to the NFL. I'll lead you into this one. Uh, Cause you're going to oh, do the man. Lakers one for me. So that's why. All right. So we were talking about the NFL earlier. True. And so I know we're saying no duplicate. So I don't know, maybe if you have a couple of head coaches in mind, cause I have a list of seven to choose from in the event that you choose a duplicate. Okay. So Matt rules already let go. Obviously we have a ton of other NFL uh, head coaches that are on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. So posing the question, Drew, what other NFL oh, head coaches on the hot seat this season? I hate that you put me first because I, I forgot my list. Um, <laughs> all right. How about you I, give I, me I, your top two? Well, I would say Nathaniel Hackett, but I know he was one of yours, and I think that's just the most obvious one um, right now, like obviously mm-hmm. with Matt Rule being gone. Um, so I'll go with first I'll say Ron Rivera. Listen, it doesn't look like the commanders are getting any better. Uh, it doesn't look like they're um, progressing. Uh, obviously, Carson Wentz being down uh, does affect it. Now, Tyler Henneke starts playing a little well. Um, that might save Rivera to the end of the year mm-hmm. and possibly uh, you know, put Wentz on the bench for the rest of the year. So uh, that's something that I'm definitely very interested in watching because Heineke looked decent last year i thought he was pretty good um so we'll see um but another player that or another coach that i think a lot of people really i guess are not thinking about but um i think is almost a done deal that he's going to be gone is frank reich Mm, it's a good one I am surprised at what is going on. I know the argument is, well, he's had a different quarterback every single year and blah, blah, right. blah. And listen, I get it. it. It's hard to win like that. But this is also a guy who is vouching for both, for all of these quarterbacks that he has brought in. Mm-hmm. So they could have signed, they could have re-signed Carson Wentz. Did they want to? No, it didn't work out. So he went with another quarterback. Went with Matt Ryan. So far, not great. He had one really phenomenal game so far. Uh, in in how many they've played? I think they've played five or six. Five games, I think. Okay, so it hasn't been great. Um, and unfortunately, that defense, they lost their defensive coordinator uh, to the Chicago Bears. And <laughs> they that defense doesn't look the same. I mean, they're not fantastic. They're not these, like, just beast of a of a, a defense to to stop how they were able to stop the run or able to stop the pass or whatever they they haven't been great mm-hmm. um so i think frank reich unfortunately is probably going to be gone um and i do think that um ron rivera is, is more than likely it doesn't matter how this goes unless on the off chance that the commanders make the playoffs I think he's. I think he's done. It, I don't think it matters how many games they end up winning. Um, if they don't make it to the playoffs, I think he's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. And another coach I will bring up just because I don't, because I actually have been really um, on this for a couple of years, but haven't been bold enough to say it. But Matt Lafleur, mm. I haven't seen it with him. To me, I always questioned it when you watch the Packers and they constantly went to Devontae Adams, and it was like, okay. 
you know, there's a time and a place to go to Devontae Adams, but you can't go, you know, you're going to him 20 times. Everyone knows you're going to him. Mm -hmm. uh, he just got lucky that he had Aaron Rodgers with him as well. Um, and now Aaron, now he still has Aaron Rodgers, but he has no receiver. Even if they get like a Chase Claypool or a DJ Moore or an OBJ, I don't think that this offense is all that great. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers is literally the lifeboat of the Packers offense. Mm -hmm. If it's not for Aaron Rodgers, we've already seen Jordan Love. He hasn't improved one inch mm -hmm. since he's gotten to the league. And at first I was like, oh, man, this guy's complete bust. But now you look back on it and you're kind of like, maybe LaFleur is a bust. Maybe he's not good at developing guys because for some reason they draft receivers in the third and fourth round and they never develop that great. I mean, the only thing you have is Aaron Rodgers, who kind of helps them out. Um, and then mm -hmm. you talk about the Jordan Love thing. Uh, they're const their offensive line is constantly injured, and you can say, well, okay, that's not head coaching. But he, the head coach kind of usually goes with the trainer, and mm -hmm. I just, I mean, the training, I just think the staff really needs a, a complete overhaul. The defense hasn't looked great either. Um, I think they're probably the best position uh, or best uh, unit on this team is, is that defense, to be honest. And I don't think yeah. it's that good. So mm. Matt LaFleur, I don't think will be fired because I do think the Packers are going to be in a playoff push. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, Ron Rivera, I do think is going to be fired. Frank Reich, I do think is going to be fired unless he lights a fire under the Colts. Yeah. Um, but LaFleur, I think, is something to watch for. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of them. So I've already earlier this year have said Cliff Kingsbury, I think he's gone. Um, clearly, they didn't. I mean, they had a pretty good Thursday night football win against the Saints on Thursday, of course. But, um, you know, majority of the season, they don't look very good. Um, they don't look ready to play. They don't look organized. I think Kingsbury, he's gone. They're going to choose Kyler over Kingsbury, which I think is is rightfully so. I think Kyler Murray needs, he doesn't need a buddy. He needs a, someone that's going to set him down, talk to him like a professional and get the best out of him. Sometimes you, sometimes players need that. I would, I don't want to call it an alpha in a negative way, but they need that solid leader. That's going to call them out and put them in the best position and better them. I don't know if, if Kingsbury is that coach in my opinion. Um, so I won't say Kingsbury. I have Ron Rivera as well. I'm agreeing with you and Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, if the Broncos don't improve, I think he's out. Um, but there's two coaches that I'll give you. And, uh, one of them is only contingent on if they don't make the playoffs. I'll only say that if they get in the wild card or make a playoff spot, I think this coach is safe. But if they miss the playoffs, I think that this coach is out. And that's Brandon, uh, Brandon Staley of, of the Chargers. And here's why is because he arguably has the best defense he's ever had since he's coached this team. He has arguably the best, one of the top three quarterbacks in the entire league. Um, you can say it is the offense. Maybe it is Justin Herbert not willing to throw the ball, which, you know, our, uh, um, our resident Charger fans from the backseat, they always point out. Justin Herbert, some reason, just doesn't feel comfortable throwing the ball down the field. 
I just think though that Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. Like if he does not get them into the playoffs, I think all of his fourth going for it on fourth downs are going to be all for nothing. And you know, there's, you know, he lost a pretty big game against, uh, against the Jaguars earlier that kind of epitomizes like what he was trying to do. And this team in all intents purposes should make the playoffs. And a lot of people had them potentially being in the Super Bowl. That's how, that's how highly touted this team is. But I think if he doesn't get in the playoffs, it's because the next coach, I think that's going to take over before it's all said and done is Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton would walk through that door in a heartbeat because his old offensive coordinator Lombardi is on the chargers. And I think Sean Payton having basically all those weapons that the chargers do, he would fit right in there in my opinion. And that's my personal belief on why I think that's all going to take place. Again, this is all contingent on if Staley does not get them into the playoffs. If he gets them into the playoffs, that plan just kind of goes out the door. My second one, and I'm actually kind of sad and I say this just because I'm a huge fan of this coach, but it'd be Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, he's had a winning, he's had a non-losing season his entire coaching career, but he has missed the playoffs multiple seasons. And last season was the was the uh was only different because the Raiders knocked the Chargers out, which catapulted the Steelers to get into a late season run. But nevertheless, though, I think in the 16 seasons, Mike Tomlin has coached the Steelers. They have missed the playoffs more than half of that time. Granted, he has not gotten them in a losing record. But, you know, I, I heard an analyst say this, that Steeler fans don't like mediocre. They don't like just enough. You, you're supposed to get into the playoffs. You need to compete for championships. So to just be 500 and say that that's a successful season is not good enough. And I tend to agree. Now, I don't know who the Steelers would have to come in for them. Uh, but I have a feeling, though, that with the whole Mitch Trubisky, uh, Kenny Pickett, the whole fiasco that's going on, I think that's going to kind of play a part into it just because, you know, Mike Tomlin is known to get the best out of players, but it doesn't. this team doesn't look like it's, re, it's hitting its full potential offensively or defensively. And I know defensively they're injured right now, but it just doesn't seem like that they are at the level that Tomlin usually gets them to. And I'm not sure what that is. I know that Brian Flores is now on the team, so he's, he's helping in that aspect, but I don't know how much longer Steeler nation could accept just a 500 winning season, but no playoff berth and be okay with that. So it saddens me because I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin, but I think that he's unfortunately on the hot seat. If uh, something doesn't come out of it and the way that his Steelers are playing, I don't even know if they're going to be 500. I, I hope so just because that's normally what happens, but if they don't get in the playoffs and they're under 500, I don't know how much longer Tomlin lasts. So. Yeah. Unfortunately I'm, I'm with you, you know, um, some good ones. I mean, Brandon Staley, listen, I, I think they're, they're going to get into the playoffs. So that's kind of why I didn't want to say his name, but um, I agree with you. I mean, some of his decision-making has been questionable. Um, hasn't been fantastic. I mean, it's been one of those things where you're kind of like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think he's benefiting from the team that he has, um, which he has not really assembled. It's really the GM who's kind of assembled this and was like, all right, just make that work. And the head coach is like, uh, I'm kind of in over my head here. <laughs> So, um, which, I mean, the, the game against the Broncos, I mean, they should have mopped the floor with them. 
to be honest. Yeah. Now, that Broncos defense was playing lights out. There's no question about that. But no way should that have been a 16 to 13 game in overtime. Like it should not have should not have done that. I mean, Herbert is way too good. Um mm-hmm. and and that defense. I mean, that defense shut down the Broncos. I mean, there was no question about that, but we'll see. I mean, I, I maybe Staley is not is not confident in Herbert or maybe he's not a really good guy and uh, like trying to get Herbert to uh, take that next step. I, I I don't know what's going on, but mm-hmm. it is a little concerning. So I agree with you on that. And then the Mike Tomlin thing, yeah, I think it's been I think it's been great for a lot of these years. They've been, if not if not in the playoffs, like they have a chance every year. And it just the last you know few years it's been uh, this team. I mean, last year they barely got in, and it was just because. <laughs> Raiders did not want to let the Chargers in, <laughs> yeah. which right move, the right move. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was very interesting. So I agree with you on those. All right, Cody, let's do this one real quick. Uh, let's talk about some NBA. The Lakers are zero and two right now uh, to start the year. You know we're we're big Lakers fans. So what is going on? In La La Land, Cody. Shooting is non-existent. It doesn't exist in the world of, of Lakers. And um, it's unfortunate. It's apparent. Uh, Westbrook went 0 for 11 from the field, four assists. I think he just had measly two points. Um, the game against the Clippers, they showed some fight. They showed some life in them. Uh, you know, they came back in the second half and took a, uh, a lead heading into the four or took a lead in the fourth quarter and really got the Clippers on their heels. I will say though, they were trying to get Kawhi Leonard in shape because he wasn't even in the starting lineup. So I would even argue that's not even the Clippers at their full strength that they were competing against. Um, they got basically ran out the gym by the warriors. I know that you were saying, you know, at times they looked pretty good. It wasn't as bad as what people saying, but by the third quarter towards the end of it, game was in the back. There was no competitiveness. I mean, the Warriors caked walked it all the way to the end of it. I think what's frustrating is, you know, yes, Lonnie Walker is a really good addition. You know, he's a good young player, good spark. Uh, I like Reeves. I think he's really good. Um, you know, I'll be happy to see Dennis Schroeder back on the field. I think he's serviceable. I like him as a, a as a distributor and, you know, he's really good at scoring. Um, LeBron, of course, is doing LeBron things. He's still averaging 30 something points at his age, 20th year in the league, which is impressive. Anthony Davis looks a lot better. He looks kind of like 80 of old. I just wish he'd stop shooting these 30 footers. He needs to get to the basket. It's driving me nuts, but it's still our shooting. Um, you know, I know that we had a bunch of trade proposals to get Russell out of LA to get some shooting around LeBron, which is how we're going to be successful. We didn't do that. And I'm all for trying this Russ experiment. If he comes off the bench, I think that would be very beneficial to him. I think Darvin Ham tried that in the preseason. And I know that uh, Westbrook made a comment that that's why he feels like he pulled his hamstring. And he's probably right because it goes outside of his routine, whatever the case may be. But nevertheless, though, this Lakers team is not is is almost as bad as they were last season. It's almost like nothing changed which is sad. 
because I've, I really do like some of the additions that we've made. Yeah. But I think I get more frustrated each year to review to to just even think about what we gave up for Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook, excuse me. And and again, I think what I get frustrated with remembering is this was LeBron's idea and AD's idea to bring Westbrook into the fold. It did not work, and now we are stuck with this, and we are holding on these two measly first round picks that are four years in the future. God only knows what they're gonna develop into. At this point, I'm almost willing to sell them for anything just because they're not useful now. Our team is pitiful. If you were going to sink the season, do it because we don't look like a team that's I, – I said last week I felt like we were a play-in team. We, we don't even look like we are the second best or second worst team in, in the West. We look absolutely like we are going to be dead last in – the Western conference with the way that we're playing. Will we win? Yes. I think LeBron James won't let that happen, but I think for the sake of the Lakers and Westbrook, we need to part ways with him and it needs to happen relatively quick before the season gets too out of hand. Cause I think yeah. early on, maybe even in November, it's plausible that we could make a move and then grind it out the rest of the season. But, you know, I think I heard uh, from, Adrian Wojnarowski, he said, um, the Lakers season could be done by Thanksgiving. That's how dire the situation is. If they don't get a, if they don't get rid of uh, uh, Westbrook by that time and they don't make any drastic improvements, their season could be done by Thanksgiving. And that's, that's hard to hear as a Lakers fan because we are about championships and playoffs and it, it's, it's sad in the state that we are in, that we are wasting LeBron's last few years and paying a lot of money for Westbrook and AD to be not in the playoffs. So as you said, I, I watched the, uh, the Warriors game um, and at halftime they were, they were pretty much in it. You know, it was kind of going shot for shot and uh, that was good. So I, I was encouraged. I unfortunately didn't get to watch the second half and now I'm kind of glad I didn't because it was apparently really, really bad. So I tried to watch a little bit of the Clippers game. Well, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch the Clippers game, but I was I was like, you know, following the, the highlights and, and trying to watch, you know, uh, plays on, you know, everyone posts a play or whatever, and you're just watching it, and you're just like, I don't know. They're, 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 I think they are better than they are last year, and I know that's hard to hear right now because we're 0-2. But listen, we played the defending champs, and then we played arguably a, a deeper, better Clippers team. I have no problem in saying that. So there's there's I have no problem losing to those teams. I think those teams right now are better than we are. But as I look at our offense, our offense has looked better than it was under Frank Vogel. I do think um, uh, Coach Ham is, has really really done a good job on our offense now our shooting is horrible there's no question about it there's no way around it you can't say oh you know the the roof was open um it was it, <laughs> i wish it, it was open bad. it might have helped yeah <laughs> yeah maybe who knows you're right westbrook's gotta go but right now i think the the issue that the lakers have put themselves in there's no question about that is 
they're not building the team around LeBron James. That's the issue. Mm -hmm. You're building the team to just put names in the roster, and you're not thinking of how it's going to work. Russell Westbrook never works with LeBron. Never. Russell Westbrook has to have the ball in his hand. Why do you think KD left? KD left because he was done with Russell Westbrook because KD wants the ball, but Westbrook wants it too. It's the same thing. When he went to Washington, that's why he thrived in Washington was because he actually was able to have the ball in his hand. Dennis Schroeder is kind of the same way. As much as I like Dennis Schroeder, he has to have the ball in his hand. He's not going to help the shooting if he doesn't have the ball in his hand. LeBron should have the ball in his hand. LeBron is one of the best passers I've seen in the game since, like, Magic Johnson. And LeBron is a guy who can be your point guard. Stop getting point guards. Stop getting these guys who have to have the ball in their hands. Get a Buddy Heald. You know, I know he's out of the league, and and I can't think of, like, all these shooters right now, but, like, a guy like a J.J. Redick would, would be good. Guys who don't need the ball in their hand, just will catch and shoot, you know, like a Joe Harris. I mean, I would be okay if we if we haven't ended up getting like Kyrie Irving, like for a West, Russell Westbrook trade. If we can get Joe Harris in that, then I'm all for it. Or a Seth or a Seth Curry, someone mm-hmm. like that. We need a guy who can catch and shoot, and we have none of it. And Anthony Davis is so afraid of getting injured because we've constantly made fun of him for it that now he won't even pound it inside anymore. He's settling for all these shots, and he keeps shooting threes, and it's like, dude, you've never been a great three-shooter. That's never been your game. Yeah, you you know, you might take like five of them, and you hit two of them. That's all we needed you to do. But now he's taking like eight, nine, ten shot and threes a game, and it's like, dude... That's not your game. That's not what we need you for. And now he's not getting the rebounds. So they have not built this team around LeBron James. They've built this team to appease LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yes, LeBron wanted, you know, Melo, wanted Westbrook, wanted AD. AD works with him. Honestly, Melo works with him because Melo is now a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hand constantly. Mm-hmm. But Westbrook is not a guy who fits that. Schroeder is not a guy who fits that. Beverly and Walker are good signings. Why? Because they can hit an occasional three. They play defense, but they don't need the ball in their hand constantly. Mm-hmm. They work. Westbrook doesn't. You have to get rid of him. It's time to it's time to get rid of him. I agree with you. The 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 first overall or the first picks, you know, four years from now is ridiculous to hang on to right now when you're this bad. Like, mm-hmm. I know they want to hang on to it for a special player, but it's like, it's time to, to do something. You Like, don't get a guy who needs the ball in their hand. Get a guy who can shoot. I mean, I know this will never happen, but, like, even if they went after, like, a Draymond Green, because I know there's been kind of flirts with that, like, mm-hmm. he at least would fit with LeBron just because he doesn't need the ball in his hand. He's going to play defense. Now, is that going to help them scoring points? No, it's not. But what I'm saying is that makes more sense to go after Draymond Green than to keep Russell Westbrook. It makes zero sense to have Westbrook on your team. Westbrook would be great in Washington again. 
he would be he would he would do well mm-hmm. um you know honestly like san antonio he would work but i don't think uh what's his face popovich would would like that at all um but like teams who don't really have a guy i think he would really thrive i mean heck sacramento might use him well but yeah. i think they like the i think they're going to want to keep uh, the ball in keegan murray's hand a little bit but and darian fox cuz he can shoot the ball I'm just saying there's there there's there are teams who could use Westbrook. I'm not I don't think Westbrook is is washed. I know he went 0 for 11 uh this in the second game here, but he's I mean honestly, he used to take like 40 shots, 30 35 shots a game uh and uh he would be at like 30%, but everyone was like he got a triple double. He had, you know, 10 points and or he had 20 points and 10 rebounds and 10 and you're like yeah he shot the ball like 43 times mm-hmm. like only 20 points it's not great <laughs> but he but it worked for him and mm-hmm. it worked for that team and he needs to go to a team that that could use that skill set so yeah. unfortunately i like russell westbrook i i wanted to see him work unfortunately he's not and i i think it's dumb that the lakers are continuing to hold on to it and I saw a report the other day where it was like the Lakers might hang on to this a little bit because there's going to be people who are going to want to tank for Wambiyama and uh, will be willing to take on Russell Westbrook, but they're just going to have to wait until those teams are ready to do it. So Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, I, wanna, I shouted out Fanatics earlier. But I did not shout out uh, SeatGeek, and I'm going to do that now. Go check out SeatGeek, all right? They are, first of all, I want to thank them for being partners with us. Um, And you can use the promo code that you can see on below under the screen, um, or it's in the description of the episode, either on the video or on uh, whatever podcast you are listening to this on. Uh, it is Drew Code. That is the promo code. I know it's hard to remember, but you can get twenty dollars off of your very first order. That's twenty dollars off of your first order by using that promo code. Um, if you spend fifty dollars or more on on uh, your tickets, so go check it out. Um, there are a ton of concerts that are happening, a ton of comedians who are who are traveling, and of course, uh, always sporting events. So. Uh, go check out SeatGeek. Go get your tickets. $20 off is worth it. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. That is that is definitely worth it. I was, I was saying it last week. I'm going to a concert in November, and I wish, I wish I would have known about, I wish we would have had this for SeatGeek, because I would have gladly taken the $20 off. But <laughs> that's all right. I, 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 feel, I feel good about supporting the band no matter what. So anyway... Uh, so go check them out and we thank SeatGeek and we also thank Fanatics as I had mentioned before and also our partners over at fnxfitness.com or fnxfit I always do that I say fitness it's fnxfit.com it is fnxfitness <laughs> and uh, we also have a promo code where you can get 15% off of your uh, of your whole purchase by using our promo code and that's with any purchase it doesn't have to be your first time it doesn't have to be your last time it doesn't have to be your fifth time 
uh, Drew code 15 is the promo code. So go check that out. Always have uh, the workout gear and the workout supplements. They do sell out fast, as I always say on here. And I'm not joking. They really do. Yeah. So go go get it quick. Go check them out quick and, and uh, put it in your cart. And then, you know, maybe take like a couple of minutes to really think about, okay, do I really want this or not? You're going to say yes. And then uh, put in the promo code in get 15 dollars 15 percent off of your purchase um and i just want to say go subscribe to our uh youtube channel uh if you're not watching it already how dare you uh but we always put out put out great content on there we put our videos on there uh and um, you know like i said subscribe like all the videos comment on the videos we always want to hear from you also uh on our social media sites uh which we are on facebook twitter and instagram and also tiktok and a lot of our tiktok videos do end up on youtube as well so if you're on youtube then you're gonna be like oh well, how come these videos are so quick it's because we're making tiktok videos as well so go check all that out um, and uh, wherever you are listening to on the podcast, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Anything and everything does help. If it is a five-star review, let us know what you enjoyed about it. If it is a one-star review, uh, let us know what you didn't like so we can bump that one star up to a five-star. Um, and uh, all those major podcasts were on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, all those. Uh, but uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcast from, we'll probably be on. So. Um, and uh, I'm going to throw it over to Cody because I'm done talking. And I think I covered all of what I normally do, but I will let you finish it up. Yeah, you did a really good job. You got everything. So just to recap, SeatGeek, use our promo code, uh, get $20 off your first order. Go to FNXFit to get 15% off your purchase there. And also, too, I just learned that they have launched a uh, live program is what they call. And what FNXFit is doing is with with every purchase, they are donating a portion of every item that is purchased from your order and donating it to countries in need to get them clean drinking water, which is phenomenal. And uh, the reason why it's FNX Fit is because they get their acronym from Phoenix, like Rise of the Phoenix. So it's a little thing I learned uh, not too long ago, and I thought the program that they were instituting with getting clean water was a really cool uh, program to get involved with. So all the more reason why you should be purchasing some workout supplements or gear from them and donating to a great cause at the same time. And would be remiss if we didn't talk about fanatics one more time and we appreciate them for being partners and again what drew had mentioned all the links promos all that good stuff is in the description below next week we should be having an epic collaboration with from the backseat podcast fellas they should be on next week both of them not just one but yeah. both of them so this will be the first time that the four of us have been on screen outside of the uh live stream we had for the home run derby which is a lot of fun by the way but it should be really really fun i mean especially post nfl reactions are going to be insane hopefully the padres don't get eliminated by the time we record so it should be it should be a ton of ton of fun so definitely uh be a part of that when you subscribe to us on youtube turn on notifications that way you're notified when we go live so you can join us and interact and all that good stuff so follow like share we appreciate you guys for listening and watching we'll catch you guys next week drew thank you so much man we i will probably pull you literally in the morning so yeah, i mean probably. 
this isn't goodbye this is i'll see you later <laughs> so yeah <laughs> all right everybody be well thank you so much and we'll see you next week